Welcome to the PR Girl Rant Podcast, hosted by me, Michelle Pascal, public relations professional, entrepreneur, and founder of Map Unlimited PR. The PR Girl Rant Podcast is a platform and a safe place for other public relations professionals, whether independent like myself or in-house, to rant or talk about whatever grinds their gears regarding the industry. Also, the fun, wacky spirals and insane shenanigans that engulfs us each day and keeps us coming back for more. Welcome to another episode of PR Girl Rant. Today's guest is Margot Mocha Ochoa. CEO and founder of the Oracle Group, an internationally recognized public relations company focusing on authors, books, and everything in the literary world. Welcome, Margot. How are you? Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm doing wonderful. I cannot complain. Good, good, good. So what's going on? I know you were in D.C., but I think you're in my neighborhood now. Are you in New York? Not yet. Not Not yet. yet. Um, I'm on my way, though. I'm on my way. (laughs) <laughs> um, I'm still in the DMV. Okay. Um, yeah, still in the DMV, you know, until the kids finish. So Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Perfect. Perfect. Mm-hmm. So again, it's a pleasure to have you. I'm glad we were able to connect, especially, you know, in this way to talk about what we do, especially, you know, because people mm-hmm. don't get to really hear our stories, but I want to hear your journey. I want to hear before the Oracle came to be, you know, from the beginning, mm-hmm. what were your dreams? Like, you know, little Mocha, little Margot, what does she want to do? Little Margot wanted to do everything, sing, mm-hmm. dance, all of that art stuff. But, mm-hmm. you know, everyone in Margot's life always told her that she was going to be an attorney. The way I could argue my way out or uh, debate my way throughout anything, I just always knew, you know, and coming from a Caribbean household, okay. I was going to be a lawyer. And mm. um, that was your road. Every, yeah, my road was, was my either. Road. Yeah, my road was a doctor or um, never a lawyer, but yeah, mm-hmm. coming from a Caribbean background as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We weren't, I didn't know anything about PR or anything like that. I didn't know anything. And of course, singing or whatever, or dancing, all, the, all of that, that was a hobby. But mm-hmm. for a career choice, I had, you know, our narrow choices that we have. And mine was lawyer. Wow. So I was okay with it. I get to talk a lot. I get to I get to figure my way out of argument. So yeah, great. Bring it on. Yeah. Did you ever get to exercise that muscle for dance or anything in the arts? Although that wasn't, you know, going to be your career as, a, you know, how are you going to get paid from that? That doesn't make you money. I'm sure that's what exactly. your parents said. But Absolutely. Did you, <laughs> did you get Absolutely. to exercise that muscle? I did. I grew up um, in the church. So I sang and I was a choir director, but I sang. And it's funny that um, I could read music and everything. And it's funny. I tell my my teenage daughter now Mm -hmm. who's at Howard that never things happen in life and never damn the skills that you have. Because one semester when I couldn't pay for it, um, the school needed a mezzo-soprano. Mm. And I needed financial aid. And she, by the way, did, is there any chance that you sing? Yeah. Can you <laughs> read music? Yes. They're looking for a mezzo soprano. Hey, office, I've got someone, maybe head down there. So I went down to fine arts, sang America the Beautiful, got my gown and my tuition was paid for. So what? 
classes? Those classes that my mother used to make me take with Mrs. London and I thought had no, like, what is the significance? Mm-hmm. It paid off right there in college. So, you know, I, I got to exercise those muscles. And, and college, by the way, wanting, you know, going for the pre-law degree at that time. Well, what did you go to school? My way. I went to school at Nova Southeastern University. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you were going to be a lawyer at the top. That's what you were going to do. I was going to be a lawyer. That's what I wanted to do. How far Communications did you get? minor. Okay, so that was still, so you had that in the yeah. corner pocket. Absolutely, wow. absolutely finished doing else, getting ready to do LSATs and my marriage fell apart. So we had to get a job. Wow. We had to go out, get a full-time job. Yep. And the job that I got, Barnes and Noble, author relations. And it just went from there. Get out of here. And you just fell in love with the literary world. Yeah. I I grew up reading. I grew up, like I said, in the church, strict church. We couldn't do anything. So uh, do much outside of the church. So I I would escape with books. I I went to Africa with um, with the color purple when I was how old. I went, you know, I knew why the cage bird sang. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Malcolm Little, Detroit Red in Edmonton, Alberta. Like these are the things that I grew up on because I I didn't have anything else. I couldn't go to the movies with my friends. I couldn't. So I read. That's wow. all I did. Strict, mm-hmm. strict, 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 strict. Wow. Interesting. <laughs> Forget the T, strict. Strict. <laughs> so even though, you know, you went to law school with the uh, minor in communications, did you know at that time before you got to Barnes and Noble that public relations was a thing and that you can do that? Or what could you do with, what were you going to do with the, the communications degree? It just sounded cool. <laughs> I really didn't know. <laughs> I was just like, I needed a minor. Mm-hmm. communications, communications. Okay. That sounds cool. So I really didn't know. I had no idea what I was going to do with it. Wow. I just knew I was going to go to law school and going to take the LSATs. And then law school just was not an option anymore at that time. Yeah. So do make a pivot quick, fast. Yes. Quick, just, fast and in a hurry. Yeah. yeah. So now you're at Barnes and Nobles in the, you know, author section. And what was the Ding, like, okay, what's happening here? Like, what was there a particular author besides being able to now read all these books or being in that yeah. area? What was it there in that being in that environment that said, you know, well, what, I can do this? Sure. Well, when I was there, it was the community community relations at the time. Mm-hmm. And we would do, you know, from those teacher appreciation once a year, book drives and all of that, but we were also responsible for author events setting them up, um, getting them in that new, those little newsletters. We Mm -hmm. had to put it in the newsletter. We had to get press in, like put it in the actual newspaper. Like we had our template and all of that. And at the time I came on, it was, you know, bookstore, book clubs. It was kind of dwindling down in the store. Okay. And so I got to meet some really great authors though. You know, I was in Chocolate City, DC. Mm -hmm. At that time, believe it or not, I was the only African-American well, at the time, African-American, mm-hmm. that, that was the, you know, they, that's the, that's, that's the only box you could check. Right. But I was the only black community person in that position throughout the whole Barnes and Noble system. The what? Only. Yeah. That's so amazing I, and crazy at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I got a lot of the black authors. So I don't know if you remember Karibu books yeah, in DC. Course. That was a big yeah. okay. So at the time, the person in that position, Lee and I, we would talk all the time because black authors would come in and say, "Sister, what can you do?" Mm-hmm. And if I couldn't do it, I would, you know, call Lee and say, "What can you do? I can't do this author. Um, I can't get them in, but can." We had a really good working relationship. Nice. Um, so it was really cool that we could facilitate Black authors coming in. Now, they would send all the Black authors my way, mm-hmm. but those who they deemed could sell books. Okay. So I got to meet like Victoria Christopher Murray and Zane and a whole bunch of They so got the cream like of that. the crop. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. And then I was also responsible for the books for the National Book Festival on the mall every year, the huge book festival, the one that Laura Bush Bush brought. And then since then it's been taken over by different presidents. Yeah. Nice. So So all this from your stint at Barnes and Noble. At Barnes and Noble. That's how I learned to do multiple author events in a span of like three days. So for like NAACP, their author pavilion, Mm -hmm. CBC, that's how I learned to do multiple author events over like a three-day period, I would do it at their conventions. That but pulling cool. back to the mm-hmm. question you asked me, I'm sorry, when it comes to this No, stuff, this I is a rant, excited. girl. What, this is how it goes. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, I saw it was dwindling. And I was like, hmm, I wonder if we did this someplace else, like a cool little lounge. And it's like a Thursday. And, you know, you and your girlfriends may not want to go to a club, but you might want to just, you know, vent with Terry McMillan. Mm-hmm. And and so we just started to build events this way. But then I realized I didn't have the newsletter behind me. So I'd have to go to the radio stations and go to the television stations and say, hey, come see this author. Or can we book them? Can we? And one day I said, wait a minute, I'm doing PR. Wait a minute. That's how, the, that's how it happened. What? That's exactly how it happened. And I was just able, my contract with NAACP, that was the first contract that allowed me to leave Barnes & Noble, have steady income coming in, do my author events at the side, and do a major author event once a year. Wow. Look at that. Yeah. 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 That is beautiful. (laughs) No, I mean, because I remember when I met you, I believe it was either at um, the National Urban League or... National. One of those was it M- MBA? I, no, Black, National Black MBA. Yeah, yes. And I was a fish out of water. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, because yes. There's, there's limited. There's, I am one track. Mm-hmm. PR. Yeah. Like this is the world I know. Publishing, everything else, events, and all that outside of it. That's not my. That's. Uh, but. P- yeah. But now you yeah. do. Now you're like okay. Right. I I still say that I don't really go outside of lit PR. Mm -hmm. If you're, you're, you're actually building towards a book or you already have the book and you're wanting to expand your platform based on that book. Okay. Yeah. But anything else I'm like, I I don't, I don't, mm -mm, I got blinders on. I'm focused right here. Yes. 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 So you don't take authors from inception. You're like, it's done. It's ready to go. It's rock and roll. Up until last year when I opened my own publishing company. So, okay, wait, um, don't go there yet. This is not okay. going yet. Let's, <laughs> let's hold off because that comes into, yeah. Okay. So, okay. okay. So now Barnes and Noble's happening. They trust you. You're like, okay, PR. 
booking events. I, I can do this. this. This sounds like my jam right now. It feels comfortable. You're in the groove. Yeah. And when do you say, because you all started the Oracle group, when do you say, buy Barnes and Noble, I've, I've, I've done this and now I want to do something else? You know, there just came a point for me where it wasn't fun anymore, where I would do things like, you know, I was, I was referencing before we had teacher appreciation night and I was like 14th, 14th street in DC, sorry, 12th, 12th street, 12th and in, in G can't told enough. Mm-hmm. And if anybody knows DC at that time, people weren't hanging out in DC in those days. It was like work done. They would call it quote unquote white flight. Everybody lived in, in, and worked in DC, mm-hmm. but they lived in the suburbs. Mm-hmm. Um, so when it came to teacher appreciation night, we're talking about, you know, you do it by zip code. So I had all the DC kids and a lot of them that time latchkey kids, their parents are working. Mm-hmm. They are not coming to a parent appreciation night down at Barnes and Noble to have some cheesecake and to buy <laughs> books. And they just weren't doing it. But we had numbers attached to us at that time. We had a quota. So what I would do was, Okay, I know what I'm going to do. I would take those same pies and I would go to Deloitte. I would go to Time Magazine that were in the same building. Uh-huh. And so this is my list, wish list for this, because we had lists. Uh, we would go to this, the elementary schools around us. I'd go to the elementary school. What's your list? What are your wish lists of books? I would ask them. I would input them all in the system, get a list, go to all my corporate companies uh-huh. around and say, can you take 10? Can you take 10? Here's some cheesecake. Can you take 10? Can you take 20? So I would fill the whole list and just give them books and cheesecake. hundreds of books. Right. So these companies would order the hundreds of books. Then I would get them over to the schools and just deliver them. Because if the point was to raise money and to ra- get these books in, have people come into the store, because you know, the thing was customers coming into the store would see the list and they'd be at the cash register and they're buying themselves a book and, and would say, okay, let me check this one off the list for this school. So at the end of it, we would have a bunch of books to deliver to a school. Well, I knew that, you know, I've got corporate people coming in on lunchtime. They're not really, my store was different. Six o'clock, everybody's gone. It wasn't the suburb Barnes and Noble. They're still there. They're there with their kids at night. No. So I went to these companies during the day. I got the whole book list filled, would deliver the books like I was supposed to, had my quota done. But do you know I got written up for not having a, an actual teacher's appreciation? I night? was going to ask you, like, wasn't there a slap on the wrist for something? Yeah. And I was like, wait a minute. But isn't the point to get the books for these kids, to get the sales from the book for the books for these kids, get them into the library. And so the library knows that these books came from Barnes and Noble. I just had different. My population was different. Yeah. And so those kinds of things used to discourage me because I knew that, you know, even with like FBI is ordering books that was under us too. Mm-hmm. all of these um, government entities that were having workshops and they were ha- bringing in an author and they needed books, we would want them to order through us. So are you going to have a meeting with the FBI people? Are you going to have a meeting? Yeah, I'll go. But this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to get the girl at the front desk who when they finish their meeting and they say, look, can you order these books from a bookstore? We need 500 of them. I knew all of the front desk people at these government agencies and said, when he, here's a cheesecake, when you need to do your order, order through me. So the year that I had enough was when they were, they would give out awards for who got the most money, who brought the most money in at our annual meeting. 
think the person behind me was at in second place was at 200 and something thousand dollars mm-hmm. when and they were everyone was woo, they would clap the second and third I mean the second and third and whatever okay and now mocha 700 and whatever 58,000 no mocha 758,000 clap why because the I'm shade. not doing it the right Way. We're going through the back door and they did not like that. It didn't they didn't, appreciate but I didn't have a choice. I didn't have a choice. You yeah. want me to bring in the numbers? There's a way you got to do this. Yeah. And that's all not knowing that I'm sharpening my communication skills for what I would need to sell authors books out there. You know, yeah. just got to do it a different way. So and, and yeah. you're doing it. And so that's amazing to me that you were just like, you know, I just have to make this work for me. And you, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm sure you knew that you were going to get backlash somewhere down the line. You probably didn't know when it was going to happen, but you probably I knew. Didn't. You didn't think so? I didn't, no, I'm the last child. And I'm, and I always think, you know, as long as I get it done, right. I'm going to do a back way. If, if I get, you know, everyone was like, wow, you know, great. No, 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 no. So that was there, it. There are boundaries. There were boundaries last, and you crossed them. But you had a plan. You were like, okay, well, thank you very much. And mm-hmm. I'm going to do my own thing. Yeah. And yep. Yep. talk yep. to me about you, that. Well, it got to the point where I would go in, you know, I had the nerve to feel, and I will say, I did not do it the by the book way. And, and I get it. Mm-hmm. But at that time, I had the nerve to feel last child. I'm so unappreciated. What am I even doing here? <laughs> I would cry when I'm going to open the door to go to work and all of that. Because they just don't appreciate me. They don't get me. They don't. You know, that's the way I was feeling. So mm-hmm. I just knew I had to create opportunities to to get out. And it was during a CBC. But I thought, hmm, what if I started interviewing authors? That was the first thing. Okay. So and not representing them yet, but interviewing no, them first. It, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Because, of course, I grew up in the Oprah era. So I was Oprah mm-hmm. at this and scared to death doing it. Yes. But still trying to figure out what I wanted to do. So it was from there interviewing them. And I had this little cable show that my husband at the time would, he would edit. And I was on this little, uh, in the cafe with Mocha it used to come on. In so Montgomery that's what County. in the cafe, I remember in the, you were talking, we talked about that briefly or whatever. And I remember yeah. that. Nice. Yeah. Okay. So from there, that's when I thought, mm, maybe I could build an audience. Maybe we could have books there. Maybe after the interviews, it could be a whole event. And that's what happened. I just started calling up the contacts that I had. And then one day it came to me, I know how to do these multiple events. NAACP, I wonder if they've got someone doing that. I wonder if they, it just so happened. So that part of my career, I really have to thank Hill Harper. And I don't think he knows that. The year, that's when he just came out with Letters from a Young Brother. Okay. The the, um, year before. And I called the NAACP and I said, hey, do you have someone doing, you know, an author section for you? Mm-hmm. Oh, no, no, we have a Hollywood office. They're going to do that. Okay. Maybe about a month later, they called, can you come in? And when I went in there, they said, yeah, um, we didn't realize books were so specialized. What can you do? Told them and come to find out that Hill Harper had that letters to a young brother the year before. And he kind of came on them, sprung the book, him and his books. And they were like, where are we going to put you? Where are you going to sell these books? <laughs> they had to just spring up a table. So it was note to sell for them. Mm-hmm. Hmm, maybe we should have an author space. And it was from that first contract, I was able to actually leave with that contract. And then I started doing events around the DC area and all of that. And that's, that's how it that's came. That's how the Oracle to came to be. Yes. 
Yeah. Where, where did the name Oracle come from? I mean, I know what Oracle means, but where did that come from for you? The little black lady in the matrix. There was something about her that, that people like, when I tell them the story, they're just like, just that. I'm like, exactly that. There was something about her and all knowing. And I just love that it was this little black woman, unassuming black woman. But the whole concept was that all together, maybe together when we come together with our ideas, mm-hmm. we are all oracles because we can come up with the solutions to our own community problems. And these books are, are the catalyst to do that. But the, you know, the author writes the book for a reason. And for me, it was a, I'm just a vehicle to bring this book into the community so that we can create the discussions and come up with our own solutions. Wow. Amazing. I love that. I'm just like thinking about it. it makes me smile. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I, I didn't, I wasn't, I didn't think I was very philosophical back then, but that character did really touch me. And that's really what the concept was. Nice. But yeah, I'm proud of that. Beautiful. So when you decided to start the Oracle, you know, there's always challenges. What was the scariest part or the most challenging part about growing and starting this business? I mean, you, you know, had the first contract that was beautiful, but now you're like, okay, how do I continue this? How do I get the next and the next and the next? Yeah. I think the hardest part about entrepreneurship in any field is to keep that constant excitement because people are only as excited as you are. Well, what happens when okay, you got that contract, now it's time for the next and you're not panicking over it. Mm -hmm. Or what happens when it's this event that you think is going to be great and bring in money and there's a snowstorm. It's not. Or people, it's not really resonating with people how you are trying to really put it out there. Mm -hmm. What you think may be exciting may not, everyone else might think. "Mm." Or my favorite, they come to it and they're like, oh no, thanks, we got our book at Amazon. It's like, yeah, but I got books here. <laughs> but I got you, exactly. you could have bought it here. Here. Well, so, yeah, why are you here? Yeah. I found that it was challenging to stay excited about something that was just so up and down and unpredictable. Mm-hmm. Um, and to get comfortable in that and knowing that you've got children and knowing that you've got these responsibilities. If it's just you, you could eat ramen noodles and call it a right. day and sleep in someone's room, right? <laughs> um, but you know, you've got kids, you've got responsibilities and to, especially in PR, you've got to be excited and it's hard to be excited. Right. So how can I be excited about something and not sound desperate about it? Because people can smell that. Mm -hmm. How do I keep excited about it? And, um, you know, attract more, attract more business and attract more. And, and, you know, you, you just don't always feel that way. I think Um, that's what it is. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You don't always feel that, but I would think, okay, you're doing books. That's something, you know, people are always reading, but I I also also think about the ever-changing, the evolution of, you know, how things change. No one's really going to Barnes and Nobles anymore. People are reading online now. People are downloading books. So how do you keep that same excitement of the paper, of the touch and feel, the actual tangible books? I'm sure you grappled with that while Mm -hmm. saying, you know what, this is the job for me. This is what I'm going to do. I'm going to start a career in it. But now you have to look at the landscape and see things are changing. Now I decided to get into this. Now people are on there at that time with their Kindles. Yep. 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 So I had to fully embrace. It was difficult, but I had to change my whole mindset that I wasn't a bookseller. Mm. I would have people come and depend on them purchasing the books. It was not until I fully grasped that 
I'm a publicist and people pay me to put this book, to do multiple events, to get it in the, like that right there is something to pay for. So I had to understand that I had more value than an event person. Events is just one thing. Mm -hmm. But if I'm getting the book out there in the media, getting people excited about it, social media, all that, that right there has value. That's what we do in PR. Right. We place these books. Place, yes. So I had to understand that that had value. And that was so hard for me. How long did it take you to get there? Oh, it took, it took, it. (laughs) (laughs) Because we think we know one thing and then we're like, oh, I got to start again or rejig it a little bit. And I'm just wondering, like, you know, how long does it take us to finally get comfortable in our, you know, our little cocoon and say, this is it. Like, you know, I feel like you are there now because you're doing so many great things, but did it take you a while to like recognize oh, your yes. worth and you, you oh, know what you're yes. doing? Oh yes. Because I'm so passionate about it because we are so passionate about what yeah. we do. We can just, you know, sell it, put it out there. Then when it comes for a price tag, Oh, okay. Well, what do you have? Oh, the, what do you have? Um, what do you have? What's your, but what's, what's your, your budget? that was number one, uh-huh. number two. And, and that was, you know, the Amazon, Amazon, and all this hard work and people coming with their, Oh, I got it from Amazon. No, I don't need your book. No, I don't. No, I don't. Cause at that time I was partnering with the libraries and you know, you can't charge people to come into a library. Mm-hmm. They come, come to the event and I got all these books and you know, people come in with their books. So it finally took the insult of it. That's the only way I can say Okay. The insult of the time that it took. I'm when the author comes in town, they belong to me. I'm taking them to Fox, to NBC, to here, to, to radio one, to, to all, to tell people to come, they're coming. It's packed. But when 60% of people have already bought their books and ordered it ahead of time, the insult of it, like, okay, you'll be all right. But didn't you have a good time? Didn't you? Yeah. That's what finally said, you know what, when are you going to wake up? You are doing all this work, charge for it. You are not a bookseller. If you were, you would have a store choose. Do you want to be a bookseller Mm -hmm. or do you want to be in PR? Mm. I want to be in PR. So that's what it took. What are the rates? How do I charge? How do I and stick to and it and not feel this. bad for it. This is what mm-hmm. I charge. And if you want to do it, if you want me, if you want me mm-hmm. and all that I bring, this is what it's worth. Thank you. Yep. Yeah. And that's and, hard. <laughs> and then moving from mm-hmm. taking everybody because it will pay the bills and I'm not passionate about, but it'll pay the bills to picking things that I can be excited about and those and those alone. And then the more experience that I got, mm-hmm. you know, I ran into the, hmm, You've got Jennifer Lewis, let's just say, and then you've got another client that's just up and coming. How come Jennifer Lewis is on the view and I'm not? Oh, how come this one and I'm not? Well, this may be Jennifer's first book, but she's been in this industry for 30 years. Yeah. So it's not, I'm not anymore because I, I really don't do a whole lot of, if it's your, if like a name. Independent. You don't do a lot of independent, real independent, like. No, no, I don't. And only because it's such hard work 
And I don't think the authors even understand that it's such hard work, that your first book, you've just got to really use your background and expertise of who you are. Like, for instance, I had one who was in um, community health and she had a preemie and she wrote this book about preemies. It was a nice lullaby book Mm -hmm. that you could sit beside your preemies bed and read. She was known in her circles, mm-hmm. but not necessarily ne- necessarily in the literary world right. or, you know, in the book world. And so she had to kind of build off of that. Years later, she came back to me and said, I'm so sorry I got mad at you. I understand now I'm really out there and my book is with me. It takes time to build on that. So right. those are harder than yeah. Jennifer's. And but I the- like that you decided you, you took a, a stance and you made a decision to focus on what's going to bring you joy. Yeah. What's going to bring you revenue? Yeah. And then longevity. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. I love that. And that's what I'm hearing from you telling your story and, you know, your trajectory and where you are now is that, you know what, Mm -hmm. I had to make a choice for a couple of different reasons. Everybody, you know, I'm not eating ramen noodles, but I'm single. I don't have kids. So it's like, my thing Mm -hmm. is different. You had a family and you had to think about those, but also you have to think about yourself. What makes me happy? What's going to keep me here? What's going to keep me in this industry? Because it's rewarding. Yeah. Yeah. PR is something that, you know, it's like you're in, you're out, you, you lose it. You're like, I don't feel good anymore. It doesn't make me feel good in the morning. I don't mm-hmm. want to sling this book or this chapstick or whatever you're pitching. Mm-hmm. But you, mm-hmm. If you want to stay in it, you have to find something that brings you those three things. And you have to, I hear that you, you, you sort of now find it. What's your favorite, what's your favorite part of this business? My favorite part of this business, especially see people, I've, I've worked with a lot of notables and celebrities and things like that. Name drop, and people name drop. might think, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I've worked on the Jennifer Lewis campaign. Like I said, I've worked with Charlie Wilson. I've worked with Sadella Marley. I've worked with Taraji. I've worked with, so, but people might think that that is the part that like the glitz and glam Mm-hmm. No, that's that's not the most rewarding part for me. As a matter of fact, the glitz and glam can be the most, I don't want to get turned off, you know? Mm-hmm. But all of these folks have a tipping point. Yeah. And I always want to find out what was it, at what point in your career did it all come together? And did it say, yes, this is the path? Or there are some real deep lessons that you wouldn't know that they're being so transparent about that when, you know, Charlie left the Gap Band, he was sleeping under, under U-Haul trucks. Mm. He was so strung out and said, God, if you get me out of this, I'll give this testimony. The testimony was the book. And in the book, he's like, I fulfilled it. Jennifer with being bipolar and so Mm. many people coming up after and saying, okay, I'm going to go back to the doctor and, and ask for medication and just try to find the balance. Okay, fine. I'll address this mental health issue. Fine. Those are the points that I'm just like, yes, the nuggets, the yeah, the wisdom, yeah, that's and the impact that you see, yeah, and people getting their books signed and whispering over, saying, "Okay, I'm going to get help for this," or "This really touched me," or, yeah, that that's that's the fulfilling. You're giving me goosebumps right now, but yeah, (laughs) (laughs) that is beautiful. It's like you're bringing Mm -hmm. again. It's the whole experience of what you do. It's like yeah, you could read the book, but when you bring an author to an mm-hmm. event and you hear and they speak about it and then you could interact with them and ask questions. Mm-hmm. You can't beat that. Definitely yeah. can't beat that. I miss a book signing. We hopefully yeah. have it. Now that we're open back up again, those things can get back to normal, right? Yes, 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 <laughs> yes, yes. And, you know, and that they're using their platforms to help. Yeah. You know, they're using their celebrity to help, to mm-hmm. tell their story. 
-hmm. and to let the people know that there's no difference. I struggle too, but this is the blueprint of how I overcame. Yeah. And you can too. Yeah. Nice. So talk to me about your new venture. All the good stuff you're yeah, doing. Mocha Media. Mocha yeah. Media came because COVID killed Oracle. No. Okay. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, it just it didn't kill it. It, it didn't just kill it. pivoted a little bit. So, you know, we're going to make this shift right now. Yeah. Right. right. Oracle got COVID. That's the first thing. That, <laughs> hey, I'm going to use that. But no, it really, um, at that time, though, I do have to say that I was getting burnt out mm-hmm. and that I did want to publish more. I I know I wanted to publish. Mm -hmm. I saw these incredible stories, especially in our community. Like imagine I'm coming and saying to a publisher, and this is what would happen now. I would say to a publisher, Hey, I've got this person, sign them, do their book. And then I'll come back and do, because I've already convinced them to write a book. So I've done all your work for you. Just offer them a deal. And then hopefully in nine months, a year, they'll hire me back. Maybe. That's a gamble. I know. I'm like, why don't I do it myself? Imagine I had like Donnie Simpson and they were like, who? Are you kidding? Do you know what I could do with video soul with green eyes? You you kidding me? Do you? Okay. I've got to open my own publishing company because you all. mm, 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 mm. So it came from experiences like those that said, Mm -hmm. I already know how our people move, work, what influences them. Like the reason why, you know, I I do want to say this, when I first started Oracle, it wasn't just to work with black authors. I wanted to work with authors, Mm -hmm. but for some reason they kept giving me black authors. Don't know. Uh, They just kept. (laughs) I don't know why. I I don't know why, but that it was not, didn't take me long to realize what a blessing it was because Mm -hmm. things like very simple things in our culture and community, like, Essence Festival. Mm-hmm. Well, they don't, what's that? We know what an Essence Festival is. We know mm-hmm. the value of having Charlie Wilson be at Essence and sell 900 books in 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Woman Thou Art Loose, things like that. You know, we know where our events are happening. And so, you know, it came from, well, I already know how to sell our books. I've already worked on how many hundred New York Times bestselling campaigns. If I can figure that out and make money for them. Why don't I just do it, hire an editor and get this thing going, get all my contacts together and, and, and get this thing going. So that's what I did. And I COVID, we were all in four walls. There was any time you could take a chance, you know, your, their moratoriums on paying this and paying that. And, <laughs> and okay, well, now would be the time. And so that's what I did and started Mocha Media. Um, publishing. Beautiful. So very happy and very proud of it. Yeah. So happy for you. So how many clients do you have under your belt right now? Like, you know, can I come and say, you know what? I have a book, Mocha. I'm ready to go. Well, um, bring it. Bring it, sis. Um, <laughs> <laughs> bring it. The first person that I signed was Russell Simmons. And um, he invited uh, me to uh, yeah. Bali. Yes. And I got for his vegan book, go. right? the vegan book. Mm-hmm. And at that time, you know, COVID was just starting. And, you know, so many people were passing away, especially in our community, disproportionately. Mm-hmm. And so many, you know, just, you know, of our people were, were dying because of poor diet, or we look at veganism and think it's some elite white thing, like mm-hmm. black people don't do that. 
mm-hmm. when when we do. We we consume a lot of vegetables. We do consume a lot of, but you know, there are um areas where just these things aren't as readily available. That's number one. Number two, vegan doesn't sound appetizing at all. Yeah. Like, why am I gonna eat cardboard? Why am I gonna just put black pepper on cardboard? <laughs> but you know, we got some great recipes in there. And of course, during COVID, you know, we we found that we had to take care of our mental health and wellness. And there are times that we have to, because remember, for the longest time, it's like, yeah, he's a yogi, weirdo, you know, weird people do yoga, you know, but all of a sudden, everyone's doing yoga, everyone's meditating, right? everyone's doing this, so it doesn't seem as weird anymore, does it? So if you've got all this knowledge for 30 years, what can you teach us? And that's kind of how Eat to Live came about. And then especially with his his best friend, Andre Harrell, passing away, yeah. um, you know, it was, okay, I've got this knowledge. Let me get it out there. And if it will help our people in the pandemic, give us the knowledge that will help our people in a pandemic. So that's the first one. And I have a few others up my sleeve. Corey Pegues, Once a Cop, he's doing a children's book that's coming out in February. And uh, Sir John Swan, the former premier of Bermuda, okay. who is... Uh, yeah, 20% blind in one eye, 50% in another, dyslexic, couldn't read till he was 14. They were trying to kick him out of elementary school until one teacher said, let me try and do something a little different. Right now, this man is worth $6.7 billion because wow. one teacher took a chance. So those are the kinds of stories that you that want I to, like tell. to tell. Exactly. Yeah. I Yeah. You're doing it. I love it. I'm like, <laughs> I'm I trying. can't wait to see. No, you... We, we're not saying okay, we're okay, trying. Yeah, we, we are doing that. it. Yep. Yes. Yep. Yes. We are doing I'm it. to get out of that. Okay. We're doing, we're doing it. it. <laughs> yeah. You know, new scary space, right? Yeah. New steps are scary, but yeah, you got to get in there it. and get comfortable, you know? Yeah. And yeah. once you get comfortable, there's going to be some mishaps. We're going to, we're going to mess up. Yep. yep. And guess what? Dust yourself off and try it again. There's always yep. the next day to do it again. There is. There is. But, but if your Seven clients, times a man falls, right? Yep. And if your clients trust you. Yeah. You know, all good. All <laughs> Thank you. Good. I love it. Question I would ask, what is your, I don't want to, yeah, what is the biggest miss in your career or the greatest high? You could choose either one. So what is a miss or a great high? <laughs> Let me talk about misses because I don't think we talk about that enough. Mm-hmm. I don't think we're willing to be transparent enough. I love it. My yeah. 10th year anniversary, I had um, Taraji P. Henson. And it was supposed to be the bomb. I mean, it was Howard Homecoming. The book came out during the same week. She's a bison. (laughs) We had the Howard Theater. What I did not anticipate and plan for. So I would say planning. Mm -hmm. Intricate planning. See, I wanted to come in. It was my 10th anniversary. And just sit and bask. No. Mm -hmm. If your name is on it, your name is on it. Whether it's your 10th anniversary. Oh yeah. Me and my children, we had matching outfits. We had them age. Mm -hmm. Uh, We were sitting at the front, you know, I wasn't even doing the interview. Lovey did the interview for me. I mean, it was just, we were just going to be just, yes. (laughs) I'm I'm sitting in the front row. Yes. Excuse me. VIP. Yes. Yes. So (laughs) I'm here as a photographer. We, we have arrived. It all started with, it was homecoming. The traffic was crazy down Georgia Avenue. Things couldn't get delivered on time. Sponsored things couldn't get delivered on time. People, the uh, people that were part of the staff were there waiting with nothing to do, to do until finally it got there. Things got there, maybe five o'clock. By that time, there's a line 
people are calling me. I'm getting my makeup done. Biggest lesson, biggest. So by the time I got there, it was, I'm telling you, I was in bed for a week. I was apologizing. Under the I covers. was refunding. Yeah, I had to refund over $10,000. Wow. Yeah. We could and never so- take a moment. Once we start that event, forget, I've gone to events where I haven't even changed my clothes, done my hair, yep. or do, mm-hmm. done anything. Yep. Always yep. on. Yep. So for Taraji, everything was, oh, and, and then to top it all off, at that time, she was not taking pictures because it was just, a, um, <laughs> I had to tell the people <laughs> that they weren't, they couldn't click, even so though I had late. a photographer there. Yeah. Like, so so we're late, there. But she is not going to entertain taking pictures with her fans. She's like, nope, sorry, I got to go. During Howard Homecoming. Wow. Yeah. So, but we take the brunt for that. And we've got, so even if I could come up with something, I couldn't think there were so many other fires to out. So that lesson was, as long as your name is on it, fine, you can glam up, you can do all that stuff. Now, when I have an event at maybe seven o'clock, my makeup is done by two. Mm -hmm. I am in a hotel right beside the venue. Mm -hmm. Like I don't ground, like my planning station, I've been there from the night before. Mm -hmm. My makeup is done from then. I've got, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, because I've also done the opposite. No makeup and I can't take pictures after because I look crazy, a sweaty mess. And didn't you do an event with? Yeah, but I can't show the pictures. They look yeah. horrible. But see, that's so the delegation. Plea. For me, I'm mm-hmm. just like, no, this is I I this is what I do. Yeah, my hair looked a little wonky. I had a headset on, but mm-hmm. I want them to see me work in action. So I don't care. Or I'll just say, no, I'm not taking pictures and keep it moving. Were you there? Yes, yeah. I was there. But mm-hmm. I was backstage and you've seen me right. in action. It's like, you know, when I we're have... backstage, we're backstage. It's like, okay, what? Oh, yeah. Obama. Okay, fine. <laughs> right, right, right. We're not even thinking that until after you pull it off and you're so proud of yourself because you pulled the whole thing off. Thing off it's yeah. not about Obama per se, but it's about all the moving pieces it took to yeah, move yeah. a president. Yeah. And your team did it. Wow, yeah. we did it. Great and- if we got a picture. It happened. Yeah, it happened. I'll pull something from someone. Yeah, I was there. No, you weren't. Yes, Yes. I was. I actually did this event. So yeah, those are the moments I I always look back to. I'm just like, darn it. I wish I had taken a picture of this or with this person because now I got to go back in this archive and I don't Mm -hmm. have all the stuff. So now I've learned to talk to the photographers that's in the room. Yes. Catch me if you catch me. Like, just listen. Just see me walking, yes. catch me. I'm not telling you what to do, yes. but just catch these action shots and then t- send them to me later. I've exactly. learned exactly. Yes. So that's yeah. what I do with my events. I, I was gonna say that my lesson was, and you don't want to sound look like you're working and you're fan Fanning out. Right? You're yeah. Fan, right. So that's what I do now. I hire a photographer just to concentrate on me. There's an event. Girl, I don't event. even hire I one. I, con- I don't even hire one. I find a one that's doing the event that I know. I'm like. Listen, Leonard, you're going to take these pictures of and just catch me doing this. Catch me at the mic. That's what I tell him. And normally by now they all know, especially like Urban League and those guys, they know me by now. They're like, yeah, Michelle, I got you. I got you. I got you. (laughs) And then I'll just get a random email in the middle of the night of me just like, hey, and it's beautiful because then it doesn't seem forced. It doesn't seem like I made it happen. I want those action shots because I want people to see me, you know, doing my work. So, yeah. Yes. Yes. I definitely, (laughs) that's what I do now. I just, just catch me in action because I can't, I I hate posing anyway. Just hate it. Yeah. Me too. Oh my gosh. This has been fabulous. And um, 
I now get a better sense of, you know, what you do from when I met you to where you are. Mm-hmm. And I'm so happy for you and so proud of to see, you know, another Black female doing her thing, but also looking at, you know, moving and pivoting. Because sometimes we get stuck and we don't know how to do it. Yeah. But you saw a, a niche, you saw, you know, a corner and you just got in that pocket. And I'm just so Thank proud to hear you. that. So that's amazing. Amazing. And I have Lit Lounge that I do too with the Public Library of DC. Yes, um, yes, yes, yes. I'm going to be doing it with more folks, but... Right now, just GC Public Library, not just, the MLK Library, the oh, main beautiful. library in DC. They do all the production. So you're We've the host? Great guests, yep. And um, you're doing all the interviews. Yeah. Oh, say, say it and again. I'm the host and producer. Mm-hmm. And the next one we have is Sophia Chang. Yeah, that's going to be amazing. Um, awesome. Worked with Wu-Tang and all of that. We've had I like her. Like and, I follow her she? just because of her. I don't know. It's just like, she's love. just gritty. I just love right? her. I love that her. Is, awesome. That is me in the room. I don't know okay. if I can say it, but yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's going to be fun. Yeah. Beautiful, so beautiful. I'll look out for I that can for get sure. in with books. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So I always like to end with words of wisdom tips for us, you know, PR vets or those wanting to come into the game, you know, and the younger generation, they don't, they know, but they don't know. And things are just so different now. The, the PR mm-hmm. industry has changed, but mm-hmm. I'm still here. Don't know when my, you know, exit will be, you know, my final swan song, but mm-hmm. right now I'm still in it. I've had my days, but you know, what do you want to leave us PR vets or anyone getting into the game or both? The biggest advice I can give anyone is the best way to differentiate yourself is to feel your way through it. There are thousands and thousands of PR veterans out there. There are thousands of people who they could have hired to do the job, but they hired you. Mm -hmm. And there's something unique that you bring to the table. There's a way you speak. There's a way you move. There's a way you might be able to get someone on to something just because it's you. So if once a client connects with you, they connected with you and they're expecting that the same way they connected with you, they know that that's what you're going to go out there and do for them. So be you, feel your way through, don't get intimidated by anyone, just go up, walk up, just like you got that client, go get that client where they want you, where they're asking you to get them. And if you can't, if you can't just send something in. If you got to wait for Charlemagne to come out of that door, and I'm not saying to stalk the man, <laughs> I'm just saying if you know he's going to be somewhere, I'm not saying I've done this stuff, but if you know he's okay. going to be somewhere, be and there. you need to hand your client, you need to give him something mm-hmm. and never hand it to them. Look for their assistant and talk to the assistant and get good because that person's working. Charlemagne's working wherever you went to go see him, to hand him the book or whatever. Mm-hmm. He's working. Go to the assistant. I love Talk to that. them, cozy up to them. Yeah. Th- that's get in. Go get it. You're in. Never be and afraid. Be you. Be you. Be you. I yeah. love it. Thank you yeah. so much. Thank you. Thank oh, you. Tell welcome. the people where they can find you. That you can find me at Mocha Media Inc. www.mochamedia Inc. You can find me at uh, the Oracle Group Inc. www.theoraclegroupinc.net.co. Sorry. Um, you can find me on Instagram, Margo L. Ochoa, Margo, I go by. Or if you look up Mocha Ochoa, you'll find me. Facebook, Margo L. Ochoa or Mocha Ochoa, you'll still find me. There's not a whole lot of Mocha Ochoas out there. So no, there is. Yeah, <laughs> connect with me. Tell me you saw me on my girl's show or you heard me on my girl's show so we can awesome. give her a plug. Thank yeah. you. Thank you so much. This has been awesome. Thank you. I can't wait oh. to see what you do next and all this stuff that's flourishing 2021 and beyond. 
Yeah. Thank yes. you. And I can't I wait to come to New York. I yes. know. You definitely have to do something when you get here, whenever that is. Yes. And now that we yeah. start chat, when I come to DC soon, I'll definitely, mm-hmm. if you haven't gotten here yet, mm-hmm. I will definitely let you know when I'm there. So. Okay. Wonderful. All right. Cool. Cool. Thank cool. You, yeah. We got love. work to do, sis. And I we can't do. wait. We do. Okay. Fabulous. Have you. a good one. You too. Love you, girl. Right. Love you Congratulations too. on this. Thank, Thank you. you for inviting me. Not a problem. Thank you. Oh, all okay. right. Bye. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of PR Girl Rant. I hope you enjoyed. Please like and subscribe. And if you have any questions or are interested in any topics regarding PR, please don't hesitate to send them in. I'll definitely answer you back. But until next time, bye.